This is the Delivery Space podcast. Whether you're interested in software delivery, business change or transformation, we've got some great content lined up for you. We launch into different areas of project delivery and bring you those insights and experiences that you don't get from a book. It's Sharon and Nisha. Good morning, Nisha. Good morning, Sharon. And welcome to our guest today, um, Bobby Banerjee. Thank you for having me, both of you. Myself and Nisha met Bobby via an online group that we all joined. So it's a non-profit um, community called Furlearn that was set up at the start of the pandemic. We all connected via that group as we were all volunteers. And um, we met a lot of great people through that group. And Bobby is one of those people. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself by way of introduction? Thanks for calling me one of those nice people. That was a that was really nice of you. Um, <laughs> I'm a learning and development consultant and an organisational development consultant, and have been for the past six years. I started off working in house with a FTSE 250 company, uh, predominantly within recruitment, and kind of started to change their learning patterns and channels and interventions, and also start them on their journey of creating a learning culture and I think to be honest it's something that's that now working with them now whilst they've been working in um, a bunch of different countries you know operating in very different circumstances so having started with them and, and had a good three years with them um, I then moved to a smaller company to help create a you know an onboarding platform and help people get the kind of first you know kind of the first step of their of their onboarding ladder sorted so kind of worked with them for about 18 months and then decided to work with a bunch of different companies. And that's that's kind of where I find myself today. So um, so kind of been really fortunate over the last year, whilst, you know, the pandemic has 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 kind of eased ever so slightly um, to be able to work with about 15 to 20 recruitment companies, a couple of construction companies and some companies on developing learning and development cultures and also how to, you know, how to kind of onboard and and hire as well. That's fantastic. You've got such a wide uh, range of experience there. So I think you, you know, you're definitely going to be able to share some gems with Nisha and I and our guests about the field of learning and development. So really excited to hear from you today. Let's get straight into this because um, your background just sparked off a, a load of questions in my mind that I'm kind of keen to know the answer to. Mm. Based on your vast experience, how important is learning and development in career? progression and the fostering of that learning culture how do we get away from learning and development as a tick box exercise within corporates and and other organizations i know i'm a learning and development consultant so yeah. people may think i might have a biased viewpoint but it is so important to creating successful careers because actually that that first intervention that first kind of onboarding process you know what we normally see is you sat in front of a computer you're doing some online learning and it'll be the usual stuff health and safety d and i and you know kind of getting you know the intro into the company and people can get a sense of what the company's like based on the tone of those interventions as well so if they can see that they've actually thought about their time thought of you know thought about the intervention thought about you know the online learning that they're doing and actually make it a pleasurable experience that already starts them on the right track in their career the other reason it's so important is that whatever you're doing, whether it's software delivery, sales, you know, everything, you are learning what, what problem you solve. And 
the learning that you go through to to understand what that problem is, whether it's you know you know kind of you know turn, turning around projects based on time, quality, or cost, or whether you're looking at actually what what you know where are you specialising in to be able to consult and add value, depending on whatever you're doing, that comes with time, and that time is drastically reduced if you get learning what that is from the outset rather than. What we generally tend to do is go, hi, I think I know what I'm doing. You know, I think I'll try and go through these processes. I'll do a feasibility study. I'll do a proof of concept, but I don't really know where I can really win from that. And that's what we learn over time, isn't it? And that's, and, and that, you know, that time costs money. And actually it's, if you want people to start going as quickly and, and being as profitable, you know, you being as successful as you want to be as quickly as possible, these things are tantamount importance. I think the learning culture that you talk about there is is an important note for organizations to take because a, a learning culture is where you know there is active participation both from the organization so from managers and the learning and development arm but also you've got to inspire hunger from those that you've onboarded and hired right uh, oh absolutely and and what generally tends to happen is you are dumped with a load of training at the beginning yeah. And then, and then you're kind of left in in this kind of wilderness, professionally for for several years, uh, you know. And and you're you're thinking, well, what other, you know? Yes, people put their CPD time in, and and it'll just be, actually, I just need to put these hours in just to make sure that I look like I've done what I'm doing. But actually, that lack of development in those, like you were talking about, it's, the culture is about continuous learning. Mm-hmm. It's not just about stages of learning and and those kind of things. So that's why. So, for example, with my business, I'll, I'll do the training sessions, but actually it's the coaching sessions and the and the catch up stuff off the back of that. That's the most important because it's actually, see, you know, as a, as a trainer, I'll go in, I'll do a day's training. Everyone will be really happy. Tell me all that kind of stuff that they've taken away. And actually it's it's two, three, four months down the line, whether they've actually kept on using that that information and mm. and using those things that are really important. So it's actually up to, you know, you know, all the stakeholders, whether it's an external stakeholder like an external trainer or, or you know, kind of the internal stakeholder, stakeholders, your managers, directors, the people that you're working with, to then go, well, actually, what have we learned from this? And how can we keep using using those things? And actually, what can we do to self learn and self teach over that yeah. time? And actually, take ownership of ownership of my career in in the in the positive in you know positive way. And that can be absolutely anything from listening to podcasts like this to you know taking on journal articles, YouTube videos. There's loads of stuff out there for everyone. And you know, in in the age we're living in, there's so much information for you to be able to learn. And it's how you use that to your advantage that's going to that's going to help anyone in the longer term. What learning and development tools are available to people now? So like you've mentioned a few, but are there any others right. that you can expand on for us? You can spend as as little or as much on your learning and development as humanly possible. I mean, you know, even in the advent of the last two years, as as, as we were able to do together, you know, we created a, a suite of free learning through through Furlearn that people could could take stuff away from and be able to be able to take that on board. There's lots of paid learning out there. It is literally dependent on what you want to do. I mean, you can you can look at the LinkedIn learning platforms and and I don't know whether you guys have used any of, of the yeah. of the of yeah. the training content there. It's you know it's really useful. It's from people that have got you know lots of experience in the industry. You can seek out 
learning and development or, or, or kind of training companies that specialize in your particular area. And you can pay for using their platforms. You know, you can, you, you know, you can pay for having them come on site. Literally the world's your oyster at the moment. It's amazing how much free learning there is from, from the fact that you guys are, are creating this amazing podcast that people can then take lots and lots of advice from that. You know, it's, it, there, there is learning everywhere. It's, it's, yeah, I, I'm almost, I could almost talk about it for hours, but I think, <laughs> You know, in the interest of time, you probably don't want me to to start rattling off about all of that. But the, yeah, the, there's there's so many places you can use. And I think if you want industry specific stuff, go to the people that you know in the industry, the the people that are that are valued, for, you know, that, that you see value from. Whether it's senior people to be able to just get mentoring advice. We we have you know we have lots of different levels of learning intervention. Whether it's coaching, where I go to people and actually understand what they're doing with their own mind, versus the mentoring side, where we impart some knowledge but allow people to come at us with problems, or a full-on training session where it's fully delivered. There are so many platforms, whether it be physical, virtual, and 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 online, to get you where you want to be. But also, very easily, there are some. There are some things that you can create in your businesses, whether it's, you know, a small consultancy all the way through to a large, you know, to a large company about self-taught in recruitment and in sales. We do things like pull apart sessions and, and evaluate what we've done around particular projects and go, what worked well? What didn't work well? What can we do to improve? And having, you know, allowing the, you know, the team around you to, to kind of be able to put their advice on things and actually ask questions and be able to not scrutinize, but to be able to constructively go, well, actually, what can we do better for next time? How can we, how can we develop this? What can we do to make that project delivery even better? And it's having that mindset. And I think to have a continuous learning culture, you have to have a bit of a growth mindset and not just take, yeah. oh, this project delivered on time, on budget, but actually going, what could I have done differently? How could I have been more efficient with that? And and those things can can really help you help you develop that that internal learning culture that's probably you know better than having any trainer or coach come into the business. The spaces that Sharon and I operate in on a day to day basis, like continuous development, a continuous improvement, is very much part of that, wouldn't you say, Sharon? Yeah, absolutely. And some of the examples that Bobby gave, like you said, are things that we implement on a daily basis. Mm. Whether that's lessons learned or through our retrospective, Retrospective. it's continuing to look at what could we do differently, what can we improve. So, like you said, it leads into that whole culture, doesn't it? Of Learning isn't a one-time activity, it's constant. And also there's, there's little things you can do. I mean, you're talking about a post-mortem culture where you're, where you're creating something after an event has taken place. Actually, you can, you can do a pre-mortem and go, well, actually, what could go wrong? You know, you know, and almost yeah. kind of do a do a, a pre mortem SWOT analysis of what are the strengths we have, what are the resources we have, you know, and uh, you know what are the weaknesses, but what are the threats that we currently face? And actually, it's understanding the enemies that you that you have, whether it be time, whether it be you know competition, whether it be you know, and, and you can actually do things from right now to implement your next project very quickly. And some of those things from a PMO perspective, we do through scenario planning mm. or through risk management. And we Brilliant. look at what if, what can happen? And if it, if the worst was to happen, what can we do about it? So mm-hmm. totally agree. Learning is so vast, isn't it? 
And it doesn't have to be in a linear path, guys. It's, it's, that was, that was the learning and development kind of seen years ago. Now you have so many options in front of you. Um, and sometimes it's, it's like, for example, using the agile method and the frameworks that come associated with that. It's very much part and parcel of your daily discipline and your daily practice, which is awesome. I think what's important also is for the learning culture to be supported by seniors so that people do feel like they can experiment Mm -hmm. because there's a level of experimentation in here that you guys have touched on so far. Um, And also, dare I say it, there, there needs to be that comfort factor to allow people to fail to a certain extent, give them the guardrails, but allow mm. them to fail. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the greatest sports teams, you look at the greatest high-performing functions, and all of them have have this this one thing. And I don't know whether you listen to the High Performance Podcast, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I know I know you know Professor Damien Hughes is, is is a big advocate of the idea of psychological safety. So if you feel like you're in a position where you're allowed to thrive rather than survive, then you're going to perform better. I play a bit of cricket. I used to I used to play at quite a high level back in the day. And what we noticed was that there's those there's those parts of a team that are struggling to main you know keep their place in the side versus those people that are assured of their position and all that. And it's funny how the performance is is absolutely kind of do or die at this survive level versus versus you know kind of allowing themselves to really kind of think about their game at that thrive level mm-hmm. so as a manager or as a as a leader in your business if you can allow that element of psychological safety where you can go look we're going to work on this we're going to give you time to be able to do that and i know given the market we find ourselves in time isn't necessarily as easy a concept to work with because you know, whether you're a consultancy business, that means that a day costs you thousands of pounds. If you're a contractor, time is money. And I, and, and I completely get that. But actually, if you take the time to get to understand, you know, get to put these put these exciting things in place where you could say, hey, you go learn, you get better at what you do. And actually, what I want to see in the long run is tell me how you've developed and, and the byproduct will be better performance on projects it'll be better outcomes it'll be you know higher okrs or kpis it's it's actually th- allowing yourself to have that foresight to go if i buy in now and learning and development is not a tangible i invest here my roi is here and which, which is which is a challenge that lots of people face with things like you know that marketing hr all these all these functions that that people kind of see but don't see the real benefit of because a lot of stuff happens in the background is that if you allow these people to then get to that elevated level ah i know my game and i know what i can do and actually it now become it comes naturally to me that my you know i create some world-class basics that are better than everyone else and actually delivers a higher quality project i charge more i do more i achieve more that is so important isn't it because Ultimately, although, like you said, you might not be able to directly measure it for everybody, it does contribute to getting a return on the investment for the business. You're working with high performing teams. We've all seen it ourselves. It's a complete game changer. So Mm -hmm. totally worth the upfront investment, as you said, Bobby. Absolutely. And you see, you see those high performance of high performing teams. It's full of people, you know, whether they're brand new to the business all the way through to several years in they know what's expected of them they know what they're doing they know how to achieve what they're doing mm. which doesn't you know which doesn't come about by by just you know just 
a, a learning and development platform, a, a tick box exercise that comes from continuous development. It comes from people actually going, you know what? We want to learn. We want to keep getting better. And this is how we get better. Developing something like that doesn't have to be expensive. I know I'm probably doing myself out of a job here, but actually a lot of these things can be really small changes that, that you can take away from, from, you know, just wanting to achieve and thinking, what is it that I want to want our team to get better at? And one of the things that I love that you mentioned is it doesn't have to be expensive. We can lead ourselves. So as everyone who knows me knows, I do love a podcast. One of the reasons I love both being a podcast host with Nisha as well as listening to other podcasts is because I learn so much information in a short period of time. So after listening to someone speak for an hour, I've picked up like five new tips. Mm. So it's just amazing. And that's free, let alone all the paid stuff. That's all it ever needs to be. I mean, I speak a lot in my training about, you know, that, that whole cliche you've, you know, you should be speaking, you know, the whole, t you've got two ears, one mouth. So you should be, you should be working in that way. But actually, you know, if you're speaking less than you're listening, you know, speaking is just you imparting your opinion. Whereas, whereas you listening is actually so you, the chances that you might learn something. And that's, and that's really important. And that's something that can then help you on your way whatever you know whatever you're looking to learn about i love that advice at our place of work at the moment we have a bunch of uh, scrum masters who are actually mm. going away and setting up a coaching circle um, with a mentor so that they can gain from each other's experiences. They fully embrace the fact that you know, their learning path isn't a linear learning path and a lot around product software product delivery um, is around experience, is around the, the level, the day to day experience that you're gaining by leading teams, by, um, working with others, by solving problems and helping the team get there, um, and, and achieve and go after their own goals. So yeah, I can, I can see it in action in our workplace. And it's amazing to see the level of confidence that that brings to a team. That's once so that cool. You've also got this idea of people allowing themselves to be vulnerable with other people. Yes. And when you're, when, when you're looking to perform at a high level and, and look, you know, we all have our vulnerabilities. Um, I mean, I don't know about you ladies, but, but imposter syndrome gets me, you know, mm -hmm. uh, even though I project this, this lovely positive environment of, of you can do anything that you want to. I've always got my little, my little chap on the shoulder kind of telling me that I can't do stuff. And, and we all have our own demons that we need to face and actually allowing yourself to go, look, I don't know everything and that's okay. That is really okay. You know, I've been in recruitment and sales for, well, recruitment for nine years, sales for 15. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean that I know everything. And actually I'm learning things all myself all the time. And actually I learned more about sales from stepping back and being a learning uh, uh, and, 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 and being a, being a trainer than that I could probably impl implement now and thinking actually, what is the problem I solve? And actually at the moment, no one needs to be sold to. It's actually, it's actually knowing what the problem is that I solve and actually going, I've done this before. And it's actually, you know, using those little, you know, little things, allowing yourself to reflect, be vulnerable. Doing a coaching qualification was one of the best things I've ever done because actually you have hired everyone in your business, whether, whether it's a small business all the way through to a large business based on who they are and what competencies they have. And if you haven't, that's probably a whole other conversation about, you know, what biases, you know, come into your workplace. And that's a whole other, you know, stream of learning. 
and but it's actually you've hired people for not necessarily what they know now but their ideas their ability their personality and actually being able to ask them what do you think about how we can get better at this or what do you think how can you how do you feel you can improve those two questions are really powerful to then go right actually i'm now being valued it, you know we were looking at at this point around you know l d is it's a cradle to grave thing in that you know it's actually implementing the, the competencies and the things that we're looking for when we hire someone all the way through to making sure that someone doesn't leave yeah. and people leave because they don't feel valued because they you know yes m money plays a part in it but because they don't feel valued their managers don't necessarily help them validate themselves we all want validation by knowing that my opinion's been heard using a coaching culture will allow me to say hey what do you think about this how do you think you could solve this try and come with an answer yourself and then we'll talk about it that allows you to own these things and it owns your own learning which is which is what you want to be able to you know want to breed a culture and a and an ability to so that coaching circle that your scrum masters are doing that's that must be so powerful i can and it might not necessarily yield results straight away i i reckon it will but actually th you know three six months down the line you'll see a a you know a, a super you know a super powerful set of scrum masters that can take on projects and really deliver because they've understood and taken things away from each other because collaboration is so useful it's a great form of learning we work in that client vendor space right just as sharon does just as yeah. you do so we're enriched by the the client interactions the problems that we're solving the working with the blended teams you know um and and figuring out how that actually works to get the best out of the team on a day-to-day -day basis so yeah we have a canvas and everything about what we want to mm -hmm. get out of it Fingers crossed it goes well, but I am, I am very hopeful and, and happy to share that with you guys today. So a lot of our questions right now have been around those that are established or trying to establish themselves in their areas and they've, they've undertaken these roles and they're wanting to grow. But what about those others who are starting their career journey? What advice mm. would you give them to formulate a good L&D plan? And like you said earlier, take that control. The key thing is, and, and you know, my plan whenever I work with a, with a company around this is what do you want the end product to look like? And work backwards. You know, what are the things that you want to you want to see someone demonstrate by X amount of time? And be able to work backwards, and then you go right. Okay, so what does that look like? Say, for example, I want someone to be able to do a an incredible requirements gather to be able to you know be able to be able to let our technical project team know that what 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 the project is. Well. You know, let's look, let's, let's go back to that and go, well, what does, you know, what does a, you know, a junior BA, for example, need to know to get there? And that is, well, what does the requirements gather look like? It's, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, what things do technical teams want to know from you? And, and what does, and what does that translation of language look like? Because you're hearing, you know, you're hearing things that say, you know, the UX needs to be this. And then and someone else is saying, actually, 80 year old person needs to know that if I go on a web page, it's, it, you know, I feel like I can navigate it properly. And it's how do I translate that to that and be able to work back and go, well, then what learning interventions need to happen to make that happen? What bits have to be a video? What bits have to be 
side by side, some investment from a senior member of the team, a, a, you know, a line manager, because actually, if you're getting your senior members involved, rather than, a, you know, rather than having to be a manager or a, di a director, number one, that allows you to do the things that you're supposed to be doing. And it empowers those senior people to go, ah, actually, I'm valued enough that someone wants my opinion on, on, on what I'm doing. Um, so, so you can get this blended learning of, yes, you can get stuff that's delivered to you over a platform, over, you know, over video, whatever that looks like. You're then getting a an intervention that's actually, hey, I've done this and so let me help you on your journey. And then the third thing is actually, you know, that coaching element of, well, now you know the tools that you know, how can I help you make more of those tools and be able to and be able to say, well, actually, you actually know this stuff. This stuff is in your head. I work with I work with recruitment consultants and, you know, love it or not, they have a good reputation. They have a bad reputation in the marketplace, depending on who you are. And actually, it's talking about why those things happen. And so when I go into a business is actually how do we make sure that we're creating the best recruitment consultant possible? What does that look like? What behaviours do we need to show all the way through? And also what personality traits do you need to be looking out for throughout that process? And actually, you know, if you're noticing that the people that you've hired don't have the personality traits, what can we do to improve on them? Or unfortunately, do we have to, you know, if, if it's never going to be there, you know, could we have to make those decisions? And it's those things that we want to base our platforms, our development on, but rather than just going, oh, you know, we rely on gut feel a lot of whether someone's going to pass probation in those in those first six months. And actually, you can create an interesting pathway, including, you know, a checklist. Have I seen X person demonstrate this to a level that I'm that I'm interested in. Have I seen this person demonstrate creating an an SOW at the you know at the, at the level that that we're hoping for? And have they demonstrated that consistently rather than just actually demonstrated at the one time? Actually, they're showing that they do these things over and over because a behaviour is split down into three areas. It's the skills, the knowledge, and the attitude. So, so actually, you're looking at you know, someone who's got the, you know, if, the, if they've got the skills and the attitude, but not the knowledge, then we can plug that gap. If we are, if, if we've got the knowledge and the attitude, what do we need to do to develop the skill? And actually, if they've got the skills and the skills and the knowledge and the attitude's not there, that's a whole different conversation. So you can look at that from, from, a, from a triangular point and go, which, which of these things does that person demonstrate? And so, like I say, you start at the end product, work back, look at what interventions you need and how do you make those things happen in a blend way that actually gets people that keep gets people interested not to sound like back in my day but we're working with a with a workforce that has a very different attitude to to our to our generation and so we've actually got to not only do all those things but take our biases and take our personal opinions out and go what does this person need relative to what they know and what their you know what their experience is this has just been amazing. You've given us so many gems, so many tips, and you've also given us a fresh perspective, I think, compared to perhaps the way in which L&D has been viewed historically. You've given us a different lens to look at it through, which um, is suitable for today's dynamic environment. There's so many ways in which we can learn these days. So use everything at your disposal. For those that want to work with you, are inspired by what you've shared on this podcast and want to talk with you further, how do they find you? You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Unfortunately, my surname isn't the easiest to, to, to just phonetically, phonetically uh, spell out. So yeah, look out for me on, for Bobby Banerjee on LinkedIn. 
Um, you can you can follow my my company, which is Upreach Training. Reach out to me through you guys as well. Just before I leave, just two things that I wanted to say I've, I've, that I haven't been able to say. Number one, if if your if your people are, are looking for some self help and self development, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm from the I think it's from the late 70s yes. still unbelievably relevant today from the learners we've said be proactive seek to understand then be understood so so we've you know instantly those those two two of those particular seven sessions and another one is Atomic Habits by James Clear that allows you to just think actually how can I how can I allow myself these these little things to help me get where I want to go but um, but yeah thank you so much for, for allowing me to, to ramble on it was some great rambling that we had there full of awesome nuggets as Sharon would put it Thank you so much, Bobby. It's it's been brilliant and you've shared so much value with our listeners and with Nisha and I as well. It's been fantastic. Glad to help in any way I can. Make sure that you follow us on all our social media platforms so you don't miss out on any updates and forthcoming episodes. Bye for now. Bye.